Hey everyone, welcome to A Mess Nonetheless. I'm Rachel. And I'm Melissa. And we are sisters. And we are super excited because today, if you're watching on YouTube, you see this beautiful young lady sitting with us. If you're not, it is our mother, Barb Hinkle. Say hi, Barb. Hello, everybody. (laughs) So Rachel and I are so excited to have our mom on here. I know that we mention her often because she just makes us happy and makes us laugh a lot. I'm going to give you an example of just five seconds ago, how she made us laugh really hard. So (laughs) Rachel's in Arizona, as you know, I'm in Minnesota. My mom's also in Minnesota. She lives just a few miles from me. Um, So she was going to come and record at my house with me today. And I had told her she needed to bring a laptop. So she showed up and was like, what? I knew that I needed to bring a laptop. I was like, why would I need to remind you? So we that was a week ago. Remind me? Is that what she said? Because that was a week ago. Yes. She said, Mother, why didn't you remind use me? Use your calendar. When you say in your calendar, go to Melissa's, bring laptop. <laughs> exactly. But that's not the best part. So what that's we decided part. was that we were going, we didn't, we didn't have time for her to like go home and get her laptop and come back. So Rachel was like, just send the microphone home with her. We'll record. She can just be at her house and record. And my mom looks at me. She goes, are you sure that's going to work if I'm at my house and you're at your house? And I said, well, Rachel's in Arizona and I'm here and we do this every week. <laughs> I've done Zoom calls before. I've just never done a podcast. So my brain's not in that. And plus it's been a year really since I've done a Zoom call, I think. So. Oh, so my oldest son was in the room and he's like, oh, Nana. <laughs> my, when I, when um, Ada, my 11 year old heard that mom said, why didn't you remind me to bring my laptop? Ada goes, that is so weird. <laughs> We don't even have to say it anymore. The kids say it for us. <laughs> and if you're listening, so joy. <laughs> yes, if you're listening and you're feeling at all defensive for our mom, we adore her. Literally, yes. she is one of our favorite people in the whole world. Yes. She brings life and joy and laughter everywhere. And our topic today actually is going to be about not taking yourself so seriously. Yes. We invited her to be a part of this because she is brilliant at not taking herself so seriously. And so I thought it was yeah. a different topic. <laughs> OMG. You sound like me. Oh my gosh, you too. <laughs> but I did know. Did you think we were doing mother? Oh, okay. What did I think we were doing? Um, I thought we were doing being teachable. We did oh, that already. Been there, done that. Oh, and I just <laughs> had so many good thoughts to share about Oh that. my gosh. The best part is, is that I was at her house and we decided together mm-hmm. what topic she was going to do because she'd picked a topic. And then as we were talking, I was like, you should do that topic. And she's like, yes. And then when we were trying to get it on the calendar, she goes, well, I just would feel better if we had a topic pick. And I was like, we have picked <laughs> two topics. <laughs> okay. Well, in my defense, I'm old and I'm retired. <laughs> so and I'm retired. I hardly remember to look at the calendar anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's okay. Perfect. So here we go. <laughs> when we need to stop taking ourselves so seriously. Yes. <laughs> This is a good topic for us. Seriously, we have so much fun. In case you can't tell, we laugh Mm -hmm. so much. We we do not take ourselves seriously when we're together Mm -hmm. anymore. I definitely we've specifically, I think my mom and I, but Melissa, you too, we've all gone through seasons where we've taken ourselves too seriously. And it's so much better on the other side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So mom, do you want to share a little bit about growing up and like your your um interactions with being serious? Well, I uh you know, I'm the oldest of seven kids. And so right away, firstborn, a large family. Uh, And then my dad, who I adored, I think instilled a lot of fear in me and uh, promoted that even though he, he also instilled a lot of I mean, he shared a lot of wisdom, but he came with so much fear. Mm -hmm. So when you have responsibility, 
he was a warden of a prison. Yeah. And so he, yes. shared and he all had the six things. girls. Yeah. So he wanted to make woman. sure that we understood all the terrible things that could happen to us <laughs> so that we were prepared. Grandpa. <laughs> so you never wanted to leave the house. <laughs> no, no. The first time I got into the car, I got my driver's license. I'm in the car. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. He leans in and he goes, just remember every time you get in this car, it could be your last. <laughs> He taught me to be very serious. So in addition to being the oldest firstborn of a large family, you know, I had a dad who took life very, very serious. And, you know, while he did grant, I think he shared a lot of wisdom. He also instilled fear. So when he would come at me with advice, there was always this excitement because he did have wisdom and then this trepidation because he had so much fear and I had to learn Mm -hmm. to filter it out. So really, you know, that was a good training for don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. They always say, you know, like Mm -hmm. if some, you maybe don't like all of something, but Mm -hmm. often there is still something there we can take away Mm -hmm. from most experiences. And what about your siblings and the seriousness there? Well, so I was extremely serious. I was a very melancholy kid. Um, I wasn't depressed. I was just very introspective, very deep, always in my thoughts. Um, My sister, Cindy, is 14 months younger than me, and she is almost the opposite of me. And in fact, I I think they could do a show, Everybody Loves Cindy, the way they did Everybody Loves Raymond. (laughs) And and to be honest, I struggled with that on and off throughout my life because I wanted to be like Cindy, Mm -hmm. but I'm not. And, uh, I was my, Cindy and my sister, Susan were very tight. Now, Cindy and I were very close growing up too, but Cindy and Susan were very close and they mm-hmm. did a lot of plays and ridiculous skits. And mm-hmm. I thought they were so boring. And they of course thought I was very boring. And, um, <laughs> it really, it really wasn't until I married my husband who also came with a big dose of humor. Only I, his humor annoyed me. I was so attracted to his <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I I didn't like that part of them. It's like an LP. I like this one song on the one side, but the other song, you know, you're like, I didn't really buy the record for that. And so I didn't really, I love that you use the example of a record. Yes. Well, I just, I stumbled upon one the other day and again, well, and that's what you were listening to at that time. So it was what I was listening to at that time. Yes. But anyhow, so I married Kurt because I was so attracted to his intelligence and his wisdom. And I loved that. But he also had this sense of humor that, you know, we thought about that probably more than anything, because (laughs) the reality is he would at that point in time, he would use his humor because he was a little insecure. Sure. So he used his humor in that way. Mm -hmm. And that really annoyed me. So that that is an annoying type of humor. Yes. And um, but he but anyhow, so long story short, God has used all the people in my life, but specifically my husband to Mm -hmm. help me enjoy life more. Mm -hmm. And I think that God has really released me from, I'm still serious. I'm still introverted. I'm still introspective and deep and melancholy. I can be all those things, but I feel like they are way balanced out in my life. And um, while I I just want to add one more thing, if it's okay. Um, Years ago, I did a, um, trying to remember what this personality assessment was, but it uh, maybe you girls will remember, but it's, it talks about, you're either sanguine, phlegmatic, um, yeah, I like that melancholy one. or mm-hmm. choleric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I did this, I mean, melancholy, you can imagine what that is. Phlegmatic is super laid black. Choleric is much more, you know, like assertive, uh, take charge type person. And then sanguine is like the kind of life of the party. Mm-hmm. And this was really early on in my 
uh, grow my journey of walking as a Christ follower and trying to become more balanced just in life in all ways. And I took this assessment and I was almost equal in melancholy and sanguine. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking- And they're like polar opposites. They are polar Mm -hmm. opposites, Mm -hmm. but it explained so much because I never really thought I had a a mental- be, you know, I wasn't out of balance at, and, and yet I did. I mean, mm-hmm. like I never thought it was a big problem except for, I couldn't understand why sometimes I would seem to be so full of joy yeah. and, light, mm-hmm. and lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And then other times I would be so deep that sometimes mm-hmm. it, it, even though I wasn't in a state of depression, I would be so deep in, in the cares and the worries of the world. Mm-hmm. That I had a hard time pulling myself out of that. And yeah, and it, they were so polar extreme that it made me think, what is wrong with me at times? Mm-hmm. But yeah, seeing that, that, seeing this sil- simple little assessment, it just was like, oh my gosh, I am both. Yeah. And when I started realizing that, it just started helping me balance out and embrace all the sides of me. Because yeah. up until that time, I think I had only really embraced my melancholy side because sure. that's who I thought I was. That's yeah. who I was being told I was by, mm-hmm. by my loving sisters. You know, they... Mm-hmm. And I know that now, you know, we've talked about this and we're so close. Um, they, knew, they didn't know that was contributing to me in a way that was maybe derogatory or, or and, and even at times hurtful. And who mm-hmm. knows what I said that might've done this right. to them. Kids right? don't know what they're kids, saying. <laughs> as kids, we don't know. And even as young adults, we don't always know. Mm-hmm, right. And really, even as old adults, we don't know <laughs> unless we get intentional, I think, mm-hmm. about trying to figure out life. Yeah. Right. No, it's so true. Well, I like that, that you said you started to embrace all the sides of you. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, you know about the Enneagram and mm-hmm. our mom yeah. is a one on the Enneagram and, but ones, you know, there's a lot of responsibility. They want things done right. Perfectionism, like, you know, can kind of be in a, in line, in a box. So, you know, live by mm-hmm. rules, but ones don't make me go outside my box. <laughs> that's right. But ones in complete health go to the seven and the right. seven is literally the life of the party. I'm yeah. here for anything. I'll laugh at anything. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that's makes total sense why you yeah. would feel like such polar opposites at times. And right. of course we've known you all of our years mm-hmm. and we've seen both sides of that. And like, we know both sides are mm-hmm. equally you, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the fun comes out and oh my gosh, we have so much fun. But then like moments later, we're having deep conversations mm-hmm. and laughing our full heads off. And now yeah. we're back to deep conversation. And like, yeah. I know we benefit greatly mm-hmm. from both sides of that with you. Oh, if you had not embraced your lighthearted, funny side, I can't even imagine how different we all would be. Like mm-hmm. as the oldest of our family, I could see myself, if you had not laughed when I was growing up, I could see myself struggling to be okay with laughing just because oh, I think so, I wanted yeah. to be so much like you. I wanted to impress you or make you proud of me. What, you know, how that happens. And, um, whereas instead I like have the loudest laugh and I'm not afraid to laugh and mm-hmm. I laugh at everything and I enjoy so much of life, but I really believe that's because you allowed oh. yourself to emulate that. Yeah. So I want to give you guys an example of how, um, she can be the life of the party and totally go to that lighthearted seven. So several years ago, we were a bunch of us were in Arizona um, for a retreat for a <laughs> conference that we sorry we were a part of a never so broken ministry that um, Rachel had started. I know and we, with this. we <laughs> we had done karaoke one night and had a blast. So the next night we were desperate to find karaoke again and it was nowhere. But there was this there's this really amazing like spa and resort 
near where um we were and they had like these big lights coming up and we could hear music and she was like there has to be karaoke there we've got to go find out what that is <laughs> we were like on the back side of this resort so like to walk it's a big resort to walk all the way around to get to the front just felt like way too much work so instead she had us climb over a wall through bushes to get in through we, it was like this much space yeah like it's like she led the way i'm but, going first <laughs> so we track down where this noise is coming from and it is a um Go daddy. <laughs> it's a, go, a private party for the go. You know what GoDaddy is? They like ho- host websites, websites and stuff. They were having there's maybe a hundred people there at the most. Like it was definitely a private party. Mm-hmm. But and it was so they were kind of boring at the time. Yeah, they were very boring. They're carrying a little life in the park. They, they needed did. a little Barb. And here was Barb. So <laughs> our mom's ready to her bring song. Her, life. her song is Dancing Queen. At every, every wedding, wedding ever, we've had. I don't care if you're the bride or not. It's still my song. (laughs) Tiaras show up for her to wear when she gets Mm -hmm. on that floor and she dances around and she is proud and sings it. (laughs) So she got up there and asked for Dancing Queen and she sings Dancing Queen in front of all these people that we do not know. (laughs) And they they loved us. They were like, you guys can stay. (laughs) We're laughing so hard. We definitely brought the life. And then she starts talking to someone in charge, some guy in charge, like I'm sure high up and go daddy. And she's like, you know, I have not been able to get my GoDaddy account to work. Do you think I could send you a picture of my debit card and you could get it activated for me? I don't know if I said that, but something just like that. Well, the flip side of that is I have been offered so many jobs just yes. by those kind of situations. Yes. So conversation yes. with somebody and they're like, you know what you're doing. Yes. yes. So mom, <laughs> you obviously like the side of yourself that's serious, but you also mm-hmm. know in life, it's important not to take yourself so seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Are there any examples yeah. you can think of off the top of your head of times where you were like, I wanted to go the serious route, but I was like in faith or a scripture came to me and I went, I, I didn't prepare you for that. So if you can't think of anything, that's okay. Well, I don't know if this answers that question specifically, but what comes to my mind is that, um, I, I'm a person that cares a lot about justice. I mean, I'm not doing a thing mm-hmm. about it, but I do care about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not marching for peace. I'm not. I, but I genuinely care. <laughs> Rachel's covering her eyes. <laughs> I mean, I am what I am, right? <laughs> I am what I am. <laughs> but I do. I have a very strong sense of justice. And, uh, <laughs> Where was I going with that? Now you distracted me. Be all that you can be in the right, army. In the army. <laughs> we told that story a couple weeks ago. Um, but, uh, oh, so at, so earlier in my life, when I would feel like something was not going in a way of, of justice, but maybe, maybe in this, you know, young age in my life, it, it was often more aimed at me. So then that sense of justice was my sense of entitlement about sure. the way something wasn't going right for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, but I remember, and so everything in my flesh, you know, the flesh is the part of us that are, is the opposite of the, the spirit, you right. know? And, and so in my flesh, I felt entitled. I felt enraged. I felt proud. I angry, all the things. And I wanted to dig in and just stay there. Cause that felt so good in my flesh, mm-hmm. but I was, I was a Christ follower and I was trying to, you know, I was, I was, would often go to the Bible to see, well, what does the Bible say about this rather than just how do I feel about this? Mm-hmm. Well, the Bible says a lot of things that are very contradictory to that. Not that the, not that Jesus wasn't all about justice, but not that sense of self-entitlement. I mean, right. like he died on a cross, he gave up every right he had, you know, right. so he does not 
embody the opposite of that, uh, or he does right. embody the opposite of it. Yeah. Say. Anyhow. And so uh, one of my life verses became um, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Well, now that can sound pretty, wah, 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 you know, like <laughs> not, not good news. But the beautiful part about it is it is so freeing mm -hmm. because when we let go of those things that take our energy in a negative way, mm -hmm. and usually that's what it is, is it takes all of our energy and we're focused on that. And we're not focused on, we're just so boxed in. And I, that verse Galatians 2 20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but the life I live, Christ lives in me became an anthem for my life, which helped me to let go of the things that, you know, made me so, I am still serious. I still mm -hmm. am deep and, and all of that, but you know, just released me from the things that really kind of held me in a place that took away my freedom, if you will. And yeah. I think freedom is the thing that brings joy. Yeah. So if we don't have freedom, we're not going to have joy. Right. Um, a person that is in another country where maybe they are a missionary or, or, or you know, they are, you know, somebody who has been held captive because mm -hmm. of their faith can still have that kind of freedom because it's a freedom in our spirit, right? It's mm -hmm. not a freedom. Like you can't tell me what to do. Uh, you know, it's not that kind of a freedom. It's like something that nobody can take away from us. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Get, like, yeah, I love that. Well, in John 15 says, Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and my joy yes. may be full. And it's Jesus like, came like, to give us freedom and he came to give us joy and a full and life. life. Mm -hmm. And right. You know, for me, I'm a three on the Enneagram and one of the biggest challenges they say is threes just like, don't stop and smell the roses. It's like, how fast is my pace? Like, what's my heart rate? Like, I'm just focusing on all the like statistics of my life and all the to-do lists, but to-do lists can totally become an idol right. and exactly. going on a walk and it all being about your pace can totally become an idol. And it stops me from being free and it stops me from having full joy. And so I don't know, five, six years ago, I really started focusing on that stop and smell the roses. And like, there's times that I'd be on a walk and I'm like, you know, my, I love my heart rate and I love my pace. And there's literally rose bushes and I'm like, ah, oh, stop and smell the roses. <laughs> and it, you know, but it's like a good reminder of like, who cares how fast my pace is? Who cares? Like right. I'm so competitive within myself. There's literally a bunch of roses and they're all on display. Like God created these, smell them. They're beautiful. Like touch them. They're soft. And you know, just for me learning that like my to-do list and my like idolizing my to-do list, like it robs my kids and my mm -hmm. household and my family, anyone who's like around me of mm -hmm. joy and peace because I'm rushing everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, everything's on a schedule, you know, and there's, it's like, if I come to a family function, which of course you guys would be at, and I'm like, well, we're, we need to do this on time and come on, we got to do this. And I'm like, I'm trying yeah. to get everybody moving. It's like, everyone's like, we're having a good time and you're ruining it. You're like the mm -hmm. robber of joy and peace. And like, so for me to <laughs> no stop. No mom wants to be called the robber of joy. <laughs> no. <laughs> so for me, like learning to stop and smell the roses says, who cares what time it is? Who cares mm -hmm. what time we said we were going to do something? Like there are times that, you know, you got to care. I get that. Like we've talked about that on this podcast, but then there's times that it's like, just sit around and enjoy, just be present. And mm -hmm. Who cares how many emails I have waiting for me? And who cares that I was supposed to turn over a load of laundry is just stop and be present. Those mm -hmm. things will still be there and they will get done at some point. And so for me, like learning to take myself not so seriously, you know, is, is a little different, has like a different, um, yeah, I don't know what viewpoint. Yeah. From me. Um, 
but like, that's been something that God's really worked on with me. And then like, you know, Galatians talks about the fruit of the spirit and it's like, you know, that you're walking in the spirit when you show these fruits. And so when these fruits are evidence and you're evident in your life, you know, you're walking by the spirit and not by your flesh. Mm -hmm. And so when we have the fruit of the spirit, we have love and joy and peace patience, gentleness. No, I know there's more, but those are the things I was just saying. Like I lost love in my my juices going. That's why I want to say. (laughs) But then there's patience and kindness and goodness Mm -hmm. and faithfulness and gentleness Mm -hmm. and self-control. And all of those things, like I do not exhibit those things when I'm living in the need to be so serious and just Mm -hmm. get my to-do list done. And I'm idolizing something that I have no business idolizing. Yeah. So like my, my experience is different. Um, but I think that people can resonate probably. Absolutely. And then Melissa, did you have like a specific thing you want about? So the way that I have struggled with taking myself too seriously over the years is I used to be very insecure and self-conscious about myself. And so I would have a really hard time when, Um, people seem to misunderstand me or when they um, maybe critiqued me or like, it's like, I felt like I had to always show up perfect kind of. Mm -hmm. And um, because I kind of just couldn't handle not being perfect, Mm -hmm. even though I knew I wasn't perfect at all. In fact, like I felt so imperfect that if I could just show up perfect, then I would feel better about my imperfections, if that makes sense. And, um, and it was when I started having kids and my house was tiny. I've talked to you guys about that. I had a lot of kids in a very short period of time. Like even just my house, I wanted perfect. And there's no way you can have a perfect house with a bunch of little kids. And, um, unless if you're going to kill yourself trying to stay up on top of Mm -hmm. everything and I did not have the energy for that. And so that was one of the ways I started letting go of needing to look perfect or whatever. I, I struggled. I wanted my marriage to look perfect when we were younger and first married, we were the first ones to get married out of like all my siblings, all my cousins, I have tons of cousins, you know, just, so we felt kind of like I was plowing the path and mm-hmm. needed to do it perfectly. And, mm-hmm. um, when I could start sharing funny stories or imperfect stories about Bill and I, that was so good for me. And, um, and actually that's how people can really relate to us. They don't relate right. to perfect. No, they that right. just actually distance them. That makes them feel further away from us. So, right. Well, I've, I've shared this before that God gave me when he was really bringing me into this place of, oh my gosh, you have got to stop caring about if you look perfect or not, because you're not, he gave me the, the words, um, pretend perfection mm-hmm. puts up real walls. Yeah. And, um, that is, I mean, I, I have felt that with people when I am around someone who acts like mm-hmm. they have it all together, I don't want to be around them. That is not yeah. inspiring. And, um, and so that was a way that I really learned how to stop taking myself so seriously and was just yeah. okay with people seeing the rawness in me and the imperfections and the the mistakes and the um in fact I've gotten to a point where I really like to share those things about myself because like you said mom that that is how people relate that's how people feel encouraged and um so I've always liked to laugh a lot so that part wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. hard yeah but the, um being okay with with the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and something I've been noticing lately. So I have Brighton who's 14 and he is like the epitome of a 14 year old boy. I mean, like he has (laughs) full blown gone into teenager mode and that means good and bad, you know, Mm -hmm. and I will find like when we're out in public and he's like not giving me a hard time, like sass and real attitude, but like fake pretend sass, you know, one of those. (laughs) And like everything in me wants to be like, I don't want other people to think that he's mm-hmm. sassing me for real. Yep. So I want to like put him in his place. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, that's just going to like ruin his little spirit. Like his, yeah. he's having fun with me. He's goading me. And mm-hmm. so I just 
like even if I'm like he literally was supposed to be in trouble, but now I'm laughing. I just mm-hmm. let myself laugh at him, and I'm like, "You're yes. such a turd," because yeah. I'm like everything in me. I have a strong sense of justice. Wants to be like, "Well, you know, you were going to get me in trouble, so therefore you are." But I'm like, I'm going to ruin my relationship with him mm-hmm. if I'm taking everything so seriously. Yes. So yep. like we have to be able to laugh at ourselves and with those around us. And like, I didn't used to be able to laugh at myself at all. I laughed at everyone else. (laughs) Like I couldn't take it back. And people would tease me about things that were true, Mm -hmm. but I didn't like that they were teasing me and I would get like defensive and I wasn't fun to tease. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that people would say, oh, you're so fun to tease. But I'm now like, remember when we were talking a couple episodes ago about when one of us thinks we're right. Mm -hmm. And then the other one's like, well, no, I think it's this. And then we find out we're both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we, we kind of, we assume we're both wrong at this point, yeah. actually. Or sometimes we're like, forget, we're probably both wrong. Forget yeah. it. You know, Can I just like, interject something there about yes. grandma, my mom. Yes. Oh, we, we loved, loved her. her. <laughs> oh my gosh. She was amazing. <laughs> she would say, and she was, she was, well, I was going to say she was pretty humble, but I don't know no. if she really was. She was just so humble. amazing. But <laughs> yeah, she, she would was... say, I, I think I'm right. No, I know I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, grandma. <laughs> grandma was a good example of not taking yourself so seriously. Wow, she, she was a really perfect was. example. Yeah. Yes. So I, and I mean, the reality is, is like, I only started being able to laugh at myself or allowing other people to laugh at me when I, when I grew in humility. Yeah. It's like my insecurity or my pride that would not allow me to mm-hmm. laugh at myself. And so like, I've got a couple kids who are a little bit, um, I can tell that they want to be insecure. Like when we tease them about something that everyone knows they do. Mm-hmm. And I'll just look at them and go, you know, we laugh at me all the time about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And they'll go, yeah. And I go, it's okay to laugh about the things you're not good at. Like, yeah. if it hurts your feelings, we won't. But like, also, don't take yourself so seriously. Like, you yeah. are or, this way and you don't or, have to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if it hurts your feelings, maybe take a look at why. I mean, yeah. is there something there that you don't like about yourself too? Right. You know? I mean, yeah. I think sometimes That's the thing one. that hurts us it's easy to say you hurt me, but maybe mm-hmm. it's okay for say, why does that bother me? Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Go a little dig a little bit. Well, that's a really good point, mom, because I'll never forget when Becca, um, Melissa's my sister-in-law, she's married to my mom's son, her brother, Becca <laughs> teased me about, um, that whatever, and you guys have all teased me about this, but specifically, I remember this situation. She teased me that if a place takes 25 to 27 minutes to get to, but I got there one time in 22 minutes, I will say it's 22 <laughs> minutes away. And, um, and I, she was teasing me and she's like, you always like assume for the best case when it comes to that, or you exaggerate or something. I don't remember exactly what she said. She didn't do anything wrong in saying this, Mm-mm. but I didn't like it <laughs> one bit. And I like really started thinking and praying about like, why does that bother me? And the reality is, is that it made me feel like I'm not a person of integrity if people don't trust what I'm saying, but it's not their fault. They're not trusting me. They just have to know if Rachel says it's 22 minutes away, tack five to seven minutes on <laughs> yes. the not perfect day. It's not mm-hmm. going to take 22 minutes. And I didn't like that. And it was my responsibility to go, okay, if I can't handle you teasing me and it's about something mm-hmm. I can actually change that maybe isn't my best quality. I'm not trying to be an over-exaggerator. I just, you know, I like what she said, you just grab onto the, the fastest time you've ever gotten mm-hmm. there. And that's what you say. And I don't know why I did that. I just did. And now I want to be, I want to be someone that people can mm-hmm. laugh at and I can mm-hmm. laugh at myself, but they can take my, me at my word. And mm-hmm. so it was something that said to me, you got to work on this. Um, yeah. But now I can laugh at myself about that. And I'm not yeah. that way anymore, but if people tease me about it still, it really doesn't bother me because I'm like, yeah, no, it's, it is what it is. I did it for like 20 years. So yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I've given them a little bit of, you know, material to work with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I like that we all have such different perspectives of learning to not take ourselves so seriously. Like what's fun yeah, about that is um, we didn't talk about this. We didn't have no. a plan. We just were each going to kind of get on it. That's kind of how Rachel we never have a plan. We never have a plan. <laughs> Half of us don't even know the topic when we show up. <laughs> you know, I, um, something that comes to my mind is that, uh, I mean, I know you guys always say, well, so what, what can we leave our listeners mm-hmm. with? What kind of, and, yeah. um, I know this is probably early in the program where you're not asking that, but no, no, if we're, I could we're just, gonna, we need to share it right now anyway, if I could just share something. So, um, I do like taking personality assessments and mm-hmm. digging into personality and things like that, because I find them insightful. I don't necessarily right. take them and, and feel bad about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this makes sense. And what can I do about that? Well, many years ago, probably 20 years ago, I think it was, I did the strength finders. And, mm-hmm. um, at that time they pretty much just focused on your top five. Now you can find out all 34 cause there's 34 strengths that they they've used in their book. But anyhow, I found out that responsibility was in my top five. No surprise about that for me. Mm-hmm. What was a surprise for me was their little one-liner or like brief paragraph. Obviously the book goes into great depth, but the paragraph that described responsibility said, if you have the strength of responsibility, you take psychological ownership for whatever you're involved in. And I was like, ding, 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 bells are going off. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this explains so much, so Mm -hmm. much that I didn't, that I probably felt, but had not taken time to dissect and figure out. And that began to unfold so many things for me that I started realizing uh, as a firstborn of a large family with a dad who did put a lot on me, um, I had felt responsible for things my whole life that I was absolutely not responsible for, mm-hmm. but I, but because I felt, because I, I felt like I was, then I yeah. therefore was, Yeah, right. I was never trying to take control of situations. In fact, I really would rather not be in control, mm-hmm. but it, I'm sure it looked like, oh, Barb, somebody that mm-hmm. needs to be in control, wants to be in control simply because I felt psychological ownership, which mm-hmm. that strength of responsibility, you want that. If somebody's, if, if you're going to mm-hmm. hire somebody, you want right. that. But at the same time, if you've got that strength, you know, the way it's going to um, take over, can take over your life. Yeah. I would strongly recommend everybody to take the strength finders, but then figure out if you've got that one, how is it affecting your life? Cause it's going to affect your relationships in a way that is not, it, people aren't going to necessarily all like that about you. Your bosses might love it, right? but your family might not, your friends might not. And mm-hmm. so it, it, it brought me freedom. Again, I liked, I love mm-hmm. freedom. That's kind of what I'm all about is figuring out how to get free of these things mm-hmm. that entangle me and hold me back and rob me of my joy, yeah. mm-hmm. which is taking ourselves too serious, you know? Yeah. Right. So yeah. I guess my suggestion would be figure out some of these things, whether it's a strength finder, whether it's the Enneagram, whether it's mm-hmm. any number of other things, you know, Dig into because they're why. tools, they, they can be tools yeah. to yeah. help you start to uncover things about yourself that and I've always been introspective. I've always been, you know, analyzing mm-hmm. those things, but I still needed some tools to help yeah. me. And yeah. um, so, so the challenge might be take a personality test, like start digging into what you don't like about yourself and why. Not, not even so much what you, I mean, yeah, if you want to figure out what you don't like about yourself, but just who are you? You know, sure. I mean, so often I think we just live, this is who I am and we're okay with that. Or maybe we're not okay with it, but either way, we're like, take me or leave me. This is who I am. And there's something about that that's okay. But yeah. honestly, I think we all get our feelings hurt at times. We all are 
our energy goes into things that rob us of that energy that could be used for something that we care about so much more mm-hmm. than the guy that just cut us off in on the freeway or, mm-hmm. you know, any number of other things. So figure out what is taking your energy, what is robbing you of your joy, mm-hmm. what is entangling you to keep you from, you know, we, the topic is taking, not taking yourself so seriously, but I yep. think that equals what brings us joy, you know, Mm -hmm. true joy, not just like, Oh, I'm happy when I get to go do my own thing. Right. That makes us happy. That doesn't really give us joy in the long run. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot too. Mm -hmm. Um, well, we are out of time. So mom, thank you so much for being on here. So much asking me. It was very fun. Much easier than I thought it was going to be. Well, you made a whole stink out of it. (laughs) Well, I kind of did. She literally took myself too seriously. Yes, you did. We were like, why is she being so weird? She's stood on stage multiple times and shared for 45 minutes about something. The camera. I don't like the camera. Mm -hmm. Well, you look. Yes, but you're looking at us. (laughs) Yeah, you're looking at your beautiful daughters and you're looking stunning. (laughs) Also, the majority of people do not see you at all. Yeah, just listening. I know, but I watch you on YouTube. I don't, I want to see my girls when they're Mm -hmm. doing it. So I guess that's my, that's my, we love that when I'm thinking of your podcast, I'm thinking, yeah, yes, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, um, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can always find us on social media, a mess nonetheless, or our website or email Mm -hmm. a mess nonetheless.com or at Gmail. We love to hear from you guys. Love it. Love to know what's, what's sticking out to you, what resonated Mm -hmm. with you, what episodes would you like us to Mm -hmm. do in the future? Um, and yeah, so thanks mom. We love you and we hope you guys have a great week. Bye guys. guys. Love you mom. Very fun. (laughs) 